No matter the occasion, whether it's a date or a family holiday outing, daytime ice skating at Cameron Run Regional Park is sure to delight. Just minutes from Old Town Alexandria, skate on the outdoor rink and stay warm with hot chocolate or make s'mores over a fire pit. This unique winter experience is only available for a limited time. Open daily December 18th through 30th and weekends in January and February. Buy tickets today at CameronIceandLights.com. That's CameronIceandLights.com. I'm a hoot I'm a hoot at long as I'm living, I'm a hoot at lose all winning, I'm a hoot at sports coma, yeah. This is where we do that. Where we do that, 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 huh? Boogie like pissing, I'm a hoot at I'm a hoot at sports coma, this is where we do that, where we do that. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Somebody please better help. Running this thing like elf. Thank God every day I'm not a Welcome, welcome. You're now rocking with the Sports Coma with Big Q and the guys where we have intense, entertaining, educating, and enlightening sport talk from your favorite sports fam. Shout out to the Who That Nation. We up in this thing. Shout out to the fam. Appreciate y'all joining me for this episode of the Coma. We in this thing uh, recapping uh, some of the news, notes, and items of the day. Please feel free to hit the like button for my family members chiming in. Cross Spectrum, much love to the fam. We up in this thing. Shout out to the Who That Nation. Man, what can I tell you, man? This one entitled the PFF Free Agency Grades for the NFC South. And, uh, <laughs> man, what can I tell you, baby? It is what it is. Shout out to the fam. Good to see y'all. Dana, shout out to the Queens in the building. St. Doug, what's happening, my brother? Jerry OG Poor is in this thing. Shout out to you. JT was popping. Good to see you, family. In this thing, Brother Lewis, Brother Country Rail is in this thing, Brother Eric Howard, Rich Rawls in this thing, and everybody, good to see y'all. Judah, I see you, fam. Who that today? Shout out to you. Who that? To that. Much love to you, fam. Brother Ant-Man's in this thing as brother. Shout out to the fam. Appreciate you. Uh, thank you, Pammy. Whammy for being a pro star for, num- for eight months now. Shout out to you, Queen. Appreciate the love. And all of the family members, appreciate you guys. For what you do and how you do, fam, as we continue to make some moves here. All right, shout out to everybody, man. Slim, I see you, fam. Appreciate you, my brother. Good to see you. L, good to see you. Red Swarm, good to see you in the chat as well. Uh, much love to everybody, man. What's up, brother David? Shout, in, shout out to you. DB's in the building. 504 Colt Gundam. Shout out to my brother Gundam. Brother Trey, shout out to you. Trey 504 Colt. All y'all, man. Thank y'all for joining me today. Now, in this one, fam, we're going to get right into some of the news, notes, and items for today. And, of course, one of the things that we've seen is this blasphemous PFF thing. But we've had beef with the PFF people before about how they grading. And it's just, it was just, it's just hate. It's just like, you just can't, it's either one or two things. It's either stupidity in the hate or a combination of both dysfunctional uh, thought processes because, there is no commonsensical way that you can place the Saints uh, or grade them at C. That is absolutely ridiculous. You can't grade them at C level 
and then give the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a B when only thing they really did was bring Baker Mayfield in. That is absolutely stupid. But you'll meet, meet a lot of these stupid-ass people uh, covering, uh, talking about the team. They just, you know, you, you think they have some might of come of professionalism, but they don't. They don't, and I continue to call them out. I'm probably one of the roughest out there, man, and I take pride in my roughness. <laughs> Let me tell you something. All right, shout-out to What's up, Jim Kev? Shout-out to you. Good to see you in this thing. Much love to the fam, man. Brother Brandon, I see you, fam. All y'all. So let's hop right on into it. Before we get there, family, do me a service. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button if you're not a subscriber. Shout out to Joy Hunter that's uh, listening to us via Facebook. Now, Facebook family chiming in. Give me a a who that. Uh, Shout out to my Reddit family chiming in. Big ups to Reddit. Saint Reddit out there. Much love to you guys. Uh, Hit hit, hit the button. Let me know you're in the building. Uh, Shout out to everybody. Also, feel free to share the show's links on your social media feed. That helps help the platform build forward, and it helps us all out as we keep going. So anyway, let's hop right into it, fam, on some of this stuff. And uh, let me get the share screen going. Now, as you can see right here, this is the uh, article right here. And then they show it, uh, you know, they give the Falcons a B. Now, listen, we're going to go over this. And they're not the only people that's grading the Saints low like this. They're not the only ones. I'm just going to keep it honest with you. They're not the only ones that's grading you low like this. Atlanta gets the B. Carolina gets a B and Tampa Bay gets a B. I don't understand how, what Tampa Bay did, but we'll go over each one of their moves. And I'm going to be honest with you on this one. I'm going to be honest with you. What's up, Poppy? 504, much love, fam. Appreciate you. My dog, I see you, bro. Much love. We're going to go bit by bit into this because they put up Jesse Bates like he was the best acquisition to the NFC South, like they're doing something. But we're going to cover all this, these grades. Just remember this because we'll flash back to this. Momentary. Let me go to the next article right here. This is coming by way of CBS. And they have also a situation where they've graded uh, the Saints out as well. And this is a, hold on, this is not the, hold on here. Let me make sure I got the right one here. I thought I had the right one. It must have changed on me. But anyway, I'm going to pull up there. Let me see if I can back it out. I think it changed on me. All right. But anyway, we're going to find that. Oh, here you go. Here you go. All right. This is the, uh, Nah, that ain't either. (laughs) Hold on. Give me a second. I'm going to find it because I just had it uh, set up where I must have hit the button by mistake and changed it. But the report on NFC South, give me a a second, fam. I'm going to give you a breakdown of all of the people from the NFC South and how all of that played out. And uh, I'm going to show you what time it is. Hold on just a second. All right. Here we go. All right. Here we go again. Here we go again. All right, so here you go. NFC South Rage and Grades. And this one was uh, about nine hours ago from the CBS crew, right? PFF and CBS crew. Now, we're going to go over the grades. You see Carolina gets a B. Atlanta gets a C plus. The Saints get a C plus, And Tampa gets a C. So we're going to go over each one of these groups. And we're going to start with the top, the, 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 the team, the Carolina Panthers. Now, as you can see, some of the moves Carolina made, they get DJ Chalk to pair with Adam Thielen, which was a good move. They helped their wide receiver group out. Adam Thielen's a little old in the tooth, but he's a good route runner. He catches everything you throw to him, and if he's healthy, he'll help you. DJ Chalk stretches the field for him, and that's a very positive move. I'm not going to take anything away. <laughs> Shout out to you, all. Now he says, Q, you covering the cricket ball tournament tomorrow. Well, I didn't know there was cricket ball tournament going on, brother. 
And that's an easy one for me. <laughs> That'll be a no. I so appreciate you, bro. I so uh, Carolina Chalk, we talked about they stretching the field. Former LSU guy, I love him. Adam Troutman, I mean, Adam Troutman, Adam Thielen. Uh, uh, they were feeling for Thielen, and they end up getting them there. Very solid moves for can for uh, the uh, for the Carolina Panthers and helping kind of retool that wide receiver code. Once again, thank you, all in all. Uh, they added Andy Dalton as a backup quarterback there. They added Hayden Hurst there uh, as the tight end to help them out. Miles Sanders is their running back. Very positive moves to help the offense out for real. Chalk and Thielen will come in as starters. So with Sanders, so they got three starters there. Hurst. Will compete for the starter. That's four starters there. So they retooled in their entire offense because it was not too good last year. From the defensive side, they had uh, Deshaun Williams from the Broncos, Shy Tuttle from us. Von Bell, former Saint and Bengal, added to the fray along with guard Justin McCray and Deshaun Williams, the Broncos move. And of course, they did trade up to get the first overall pick in the upcoming draft. And there's some discussion between which two they should take. Where, uh, which one actually whether it's uh it, whether it's Bryce Young or whether it's uh Strode, either one of those guys are good uh a good pickup for them so they'll end up putting this team that they're building a, pretty much a win a, a win right now team uh they want to win right now and putting a rookie quarterback on top of it to try to give him as much help as they possibly can and they've given them some pieces to work with so Positive moves by the Carolina Panthers. They earned that B. That's a good grade for them. Now, they did re-sign some people. They sent her Bradley Bozeman. They re-signed him, and they did leap. You can see some of the departures that they have right there. And, of course, they had a, cube, a whole off, you know, offense and defense. They had a new coaching staff bringing in. Frank Wright, he comes in from the Colts. Retooled up everything, traded away DJ Moore to help move up the thing. And then, of course, they're sitting up there, and they made some really good moves. They still have some salary cap room left to go. And they've done a, a wonderful job. I got to give it to my Carolina brethren. They've done a wonderful job after years of losing, of retooling their offense to try to compete in the NFC South because they see the NFC as a wide open situation. And at one point, Carolina did dominate the NFC South. They won three straight years, and then we took it from them and took it and ran and put it up four straight years. And then, of course, Tampa Bay Tom came in and he took it and did their thing with it. But the Saints, you know, we just got to do our thing, get back to what we do. So anyway, you move on to Atlanta. Atlanta's the next team. What was their additions? They added Taylor Heineke there from the Commanders. He'll compete with Desmond Ritter, even though they're saying Ritter is the quarterback. Uh, Jesse Bates, who comes over from the Bengals, was a solid pickup for him. Very good pickup. Janu Smith, who they traded with from the Patriots to add to a tight end room. Uh, with uh, Pitts there. So you had Smith and Pitts there for, for what potentially could be when they do these two tight end situations. They picked up David Onyemata and Caden Ellis from us. They brought in Mac Hollins, the big wide receiver from the Raiders. Scott Miller from the Bucks, another wide receiver. And then they added Kalias Campbell along with Mike Hughes. So they're attempting the retool and help out. So they had Smith there as the backup with, with Pitts to give him some help there. But And Mac Hollins adds to their wide receiver room, so does Scotty Miller. <clears throat> does help improve their wide receiver room. The, but the real issue with the Atlanta Falcons was the defense. The defense had issues, especially up the middle. Well, David Onyemata's there. They, you know, they make some moves there. Kalias Campbell comes in to help them. So they really improve. And, of course, they added Ryan Nielsen, our former defensive uh, coordinator, our co-coordinator over there to, to their squad. 
You see they depart they departures right there. And they have a solid grade. You got, I mean, Atlanta C plus is really kind of putting it down. I, I think the Atlanta didn't do as well as Carolina. I think Carolina really did a one. I mean, you couldn't do no more than what Carolina did. I mean, you traded for the first overall pick in the draft. You was, you was a sucky team. You knew you were sucky. You brought in all these new people. They should get an A for what they do. I'm just going to be honest with you. They should get an A. Carolina's done everything they're supposed to do to try to lure in talent, signing people, doing everything they could, trading up to get the first round draft. I mean, everything that a team's looking to do, like some of the stuff that you've seen like a Philadelphia Eagles team do last year, when Philly started off the offseason, they was making moves, trying to accumulate draft picks, signing people. You know, they just had the rhythm to feel like, hey, man, we could be about some action. We bought this action. We need to get to that bowl. And Philly did a wonderful job in the offseason last year. Now Carolina's moving with that energy. They're moving with that energy. They really are. They've done everything that a team could possibly do to improve themselves from one tragic situation to come on with a new coaching staff and breathe energy into this into their organization. Atlanta Falcons did a serviceable job, too. You got to give it to them. They're trying to improve. They knew that the defense was the problem. Adding Bates on the back end with uh, with uh, uh, with uh, you know, with some of the the talent that they had, bringing David Onyemata on the middle, Caden Ellis there to help out there. Then Mike Hughes serves them well. Kalias Campbell's going to be big for them, so they've done a wonderful job. Plus, they had some re-signings. They re-signed the guard Lingstrom, brought back Lorenzo Carter, Caleb McGarry, uh, Jermaine Fitty, and then picked up Bradley Pinion. You know, so. They've done some good stuff, got rid of some guys that wasn't working, and they deserve a good a a grade higher than uh, the C-plus they got. So they tough grading the NFC guys, the NFC South guys. They really are. But adding them, and you add Kyle Pitts there, you got Drake London from last year, and, they, and we still have an approach to draft, and these people still got money to pay. So let's move on to our squad, who they give a C-plus to, same as the Falcons. Now, what should be the Saints great in free agency? The Saints have done a pretty decent job, too. You got to credit them for their rhythm and energy coming into the offseason and making some moves. And free agency has been very good to the Saints this year. They were able to go out. They started it off by chasing Derek Carr. They finally got the quarterback that they wanted to task with. They keep overpassing Carr like Carr's garbage, like uh, Baker Mayfield makes a difference in the NFC South. No disrespect to Baker Mayfield, but Baker Mayfield was a guy that that uh, lost a lot of steam last year. You know, he did some things with the Rams, but he really fell out of favor very fast. But Derek Carr is a solid acquisition that comes with the Saints. You got to give him credit for bringing in Carr. He forces things upfield. Is he he he's, he is a statistical marvel in terms of his passing stats. He brings leadership, all the positive things that we lacked last year in the QB room. We had a banged up Jameis, a terrible, well, I ain't gonna say a terrible Andy Dalton, but Dalton wasn't truly invested because he didn't like the fact that he had to share the role with Taysom Hill. When they asked him about it, he he backed down like a crawfish. Oh, I, 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 I can share it. No, but that's not what Dennis Allen that just said. That you have, you know, that you have issues with it. Well, I, 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 I can share it. No, no, no. We've seen how that looked. But the car is an upgrade. You got to give them there. And then, of course, Jamal Williams, which is probably the biggest, one of the biggest outside of car acquisitions the Saints had by pairing Jamal Williams. This guy had 17 touchdowns last year in the NFL. 17. 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. The Saints add him to the fray, along with Elvin Kamara. And by the way, Elvin Kamara, if he might be doing some, you know, games lost because of his legal situation that happened in Las Vegas. So the Saints brought in Jamal Williams for a very good contract, too. Brother Prime says, who that big Q and fam? Stay strong and safe. Thank you, my brother. Same to you. And thank you for being a member for 27 months of Pro Megastar. Much love to Brother Prime. Thank you, sir. All right, what's up, Joe? Shout out to Joel Christopher. Much love. Appreciate y'all ch- chiming in. Brother David Jones, much love to you as well. Uh, re- I see you, Revolt. Shout out to you, brother, man. Appreciate you being here. So, let's move on. So, you then Jamal Williams, like I said, fantastic move. So, the Saints upgrade the offense with a quarterback that can force the ball up the field. He really could. He does have some wills. He brings leadership to the position. So it helps us out. It, stir, it, kinda, it definitely solidifies and sturdies up our offense and make us more competitive. Because we, we, we still have very good weapons here. The Saints had a good offense last year, minus all of the crap that we had to deal with with the head coach. So we add Carr, we add Williams, and then the Saints say, you know what? We don't like our busted, can't-be-trusted interior defensive line that gave up 120-something yards per game last year. So out goes... Uh, uh, David on Yamada out goes Shy Tuttle. That was a part of that. Out goes Kentavia Street. You know all those guys. He got picked up by somebody today. Who cares? But out goes that most of those guys that was a part of that mediocre, tore up interior defensive line. And the Saints didn't wait long. Once on Yamada and Tuttle were going, they knew exactly who they wanted to get, and they brought in Big Kale and Saunders from the Chiefs, six one, three hundred and twenty four pounds. If you watch the tape of him, always high motor player, violent hands, uh, calls hell. He calls his hell on the to interior offensive lines. He's a very sturdy run stuffer, and also he's a guy that's very good at pushing the pocket. They added talent right there. They turned around and then brought in uh, 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 the uh, def- other defensive tackle. Uh, what's the brother name? Nate uh, Nate Shepard. So they brought in Nate and Shepard. The pair with Saunders. So the Saints got a pair of interior, young interior defensive linemen to reshape the interior defensive line, then sign Malcolm Roach back. Very solid moves. Then the team didn't stop there. They added Lonnie Johnson Jr., who's a versatile defensive back that can play safety and cornerback for you. They brought in Jonathan Abrams, an absolute hitter that will knock your block off. Love that kid. Brought him in here. Shout out to Derek Call for recruiting him. The Saints added another wide receiver in Brian Edwards to solidify the wide receiver room. No love there. No love. Still no love there. And then we re-signed Jameis, which was a big move that solidified to who that nation. There was a split between Carr and Winston because a lot of the people that, that are, are loyal to Jameis Winston didn't like how Jameis Winston was handled from the Saints and the Brass, you know, last year. So what they did was instead of saying, we're going to cut you, they offered him a restructure, which was very good, and Jameis took it, which paired him and Derek Carr together. That made the Who That Nation, the split disappear. Now you got people that's welcoming Carr, and now you got people who 
like Jameis, they are appeased. So it was a very smart move by both Winston and the Saints because it brought a wholeness to the entire who that nation. Because trust me, there was a split. I'm hearing about it all the time. Outside of that, they read up with Juwan Johnson. They read up with Tanu Passing, yo. They read up with JT Gray, special teams ace. They restructured Michael Thomas's deal for a one-year prove-it deal. And, of course, like I mentioned, Brian Edwards, they picked up from the Raiders, who Carr has experience with, to act as a person that is, uh, I guess you could say, an insurance policy to the degree, to a degree. But I also believe that the Saints will get a wide receiver in the draft. I don't think it'll be high, but they do have an ability. They still have time, and they can add another wide out if they so choose to. And they probably will add some more youth or talent there, whether undrafted or due to draft. They're going to do that. So anyway, we talked about passing. You who's a guy that has versatility, can play inside and outside. Malcolm Roach is a guy that's incredible too. So, and then out goes the rest of these guys, Andy Dalton to the, to, you know, who else? And they got rid of the rest of these guys and they didn't bring them back. So it's, it's, it's solid moves by the saints, but CBS gives them a C plus. And then here come the Buccaneers. Key, key additions to the Buck staff. Tom Brady's out. Baker Mayfield's in. Running back is Chase Edmonds from the Broncos, and they brought in defensive tackle Greg Gaines from the Rams. Edmonds and Gaines are solid signings for the Buccaneers, but Baker Mayfield, that deserves a degrade. Like the moves that they're making, and they re- they re-signed Jamal Dean, Levante David, which was smart moves, and Anthony Nelson. But you, Tom Brady retires. They release Leonard Fournette. Scott Miller goes to the Falcons. They trade Greg Mace, uh, Shaq Mason, the guard. And then Nunez Rochus goes to the Giants. Bunting's gone to the Titans. Edwards is with the Chiefs now. So they got a lot of stuff that they had to do to, in an attempt to kind of build forward. But you had Baker Mayfield, you know? Well, I, I guess we shouldn't complain too much, but after all, they could be in the sweepstakes for Lamar Jackson, can't they be? Could be an interest. They need a quarterback. Perhaps they hit the draft and try to pick up somebody, somebody via the draft. They make moves in the draft. We don't know. But at the end of the day, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers grade should be a D. The Saints grade should be more than a C plus. It should be at least a B because the Saints have solid moves. They really did appease some of the needs they needed. They needed leadership at the QB position. We got it. A QB position. Uh, back, uh, Carr and Jameis is the best in the NFL. Jamal Williams and Elvin Kamara as running backs. Once they get their tandem together, it'll be one of the top tandems in the league. We've yet to determine what Kalen Saunders and Nate Shepard look like in the interior defensive line for the Saints. We'll figure that out. And then, of course, you look at the just overall what the Saints are doing. Now, you know, let me just look at it like this. Let me bring up the depth charts. This is our depth chart right here. You see Carr, Kamara, Jamal Williams behind him, Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, and Rashid Shaheed. You see Brian Edwards is added there. We'd love to see what happens with Kirk Merritt as he gets time. And the Saints will add more people via the draft, some undrafted guys as well. They did a wonderful job in rearing up with Jawan Johnson. We talked about that. They kept the offensive line intact. Pennon, Pete, McCoy, Ruiz, and Ramchek are back together for another serious year. They back up. Uh, still have James Hurst to come off the bench. Kelvin Throckmorton, they read up with him. Landon Young is still there. They had Storm Norton, a big tackle that plays uh, either left or right side. So they've done a wonderful job there. And I anticipate the Saints to keep adding on with depth to the offensive line later on. We'll cover some more news uh, later coming on in. 
the defense, you see Cam with Nate Shepard and Saunders, and then they got Carl Granderson. A lot of people talking about Granderson as the guy that will operate outside of Cam. So we'll see. Thank you, L. He says, hey, Q, I'm starting to think there's a conspiracy against the Saints and Pels, and I want to know if if it have anything to do with our owner, Benson, being a woman that got the team through her husband. I don't think so, bro. I don't think so. I think it, we've always been fighting uphill for respect in these professional leagues. You know, we've always been doing that. These leagues are ran like, and it's, it's no biggie, but uh, these, these, these leagues are corrupt. We know that. Anytime you have betting and build the billions of dollars that they have funneling through the league, you better believe there's a high degree of corruption. That's why they officiate not when I want people, when they put these betting apps into place, that these you're going to see some of the worst calls, the most egregious or worst calls you've ever seen. And the, and the NBA is really bad. I mean, it's really bad how they call in the games because the manipulation really works through the referees. That's why you can't um, – you can't challenge players. Can't say even though a referee is dead wrong, they can't criticize a referee without the NFL finding them, because the referee ties to some what they believe is integrity of the game. There's no integrity in these money grubbing, corrupt leagues, and we watch this and we watch it happen all the time. We've seen what happened with the Pelicans when they don't get the calls that they're supposed to get. We've seen it happen with the Lakers because they pay the the, the favorite teams. They have favorite teams because of the markets tied the mar, the market the money tied to these big market teams. Like you see what happens with the Rams. Like that year when the Rams won the Super Bowl, weird stuff was happening that year. They was calling these weird ass uh, games, cheating form, doing stuff like that. Uh, referee, you know, stuff happened. They don't judge it the same. It, it just really, it's just awful. And then they say, well, let's give them monitors their watch. Let's give them, and regardless of what rules you change or what technology you give them, it always stays the same because the technology and the rules are not the problem. It's the it's the officials because they're not really uh, they're not real officials. I keep saying that they all they they're as real as the WWE, all these wrestling, the fake wrestling leagues. Their referees, like when the ref the, the wrestlers are rumbling around, and then the the guy hits pretends like he's about to hit the his the fighter and he misses him and hit the referee the referee hits the ground and then he stays on the ground all the way and then the the right the, the fighter pulls out something from his tights and slams it on the guy's head knocks him out he falls down and then he jumps down there grabs his leg and the referee wakes up just in enough time to go one two three you're out <laughs> uh, it's just like that. It's just, and I, and I hate to tell people who don't know that, man, but it's about time we wake up to this shit because we, it ain't going to change if we keep pretending. We got to call it out. So anyway, thank you for your super chat, bro. I think we always been uphill fighting in these professional leagues because we're not seen as a city or a region that commands the big, you know, the big views. Like you'll have a Los Angeles market. That's why their teams are always pushed, like what that happened with the Lakers this year. When the Lakers was a dumpster fire, then all of a sudden they got all of these new players with second-round picks and, like, nobody else couldn't do it. It was absolutely ridiculous. Then the foul calls they get since the All-Star break, they've got more foul calls for them than any other people in the league because it's all about the markets and the stars so they can bank out. And it's about time we understand and realize this and call it out, man, so that, that this we change it. But anyway, thank you for your super chat. I right, so Pete Werner, Demario Davis is there from the linebacker position with Zach Bond. We could use some help. Demarco Jackson, who we picked up in the fifth round last year, is still a question mark there. Uh, do we have any serious veteran linebackers 
behind these guys if something was to happen? What if uh, something happened with Pete Werner? God forbid he gets hurt again. Or Demario, or worse than that, Demario Davis has to miss time. He's getting old in the two. Well, you replace that. Caden uh, Ellis with Zach Bourne. Can Zach Bourne has a, have a similar, uh, you know, good year like Caden like had last year? You know, could he arrive finally? I don't know. So we still could use some help in a linebacker room. And the secondary looks pretty good. You know, I wouldn't be mad if the Saints did get another cornerback there, to be honest with you. And I'd probably see something that they can reach at in the draft. So this is what the Saints look like. Now let's go over here to the Falcons and see what they look like. We're just running it down. You see their stars here. Ritter, Tyler Algieri there. They got Hanky and all these guys here. And then you got uh, London, Mac Holland, Scotty Miller. So the guys that they pick up are going to go right to the head of the lunch line behind Drake London. So you got a big Mac Hollins, tall wide receiver with speed. Scotty Miller is the ultimate slot man for them. And then you got young wide receivers behind them. So they're trying to give some weapons. Tyler Jerry was a hell of a player, man, out of college from BYU. I mean, he's a bowling ball. He gave the Saints hell last year. And then Patterson's another guy that gave the Saints hell last year. But you got Kyle Pitts there with Janu uh, Smith there to give them the two tight end look if they need to at times. They move Felipe Franks and have him play in a tight end position, which is a good move. And then, of course, they did some stuff with their offensive line, not really impressed. And then defensively is where they struggle. You see Kalias Campbell there with David Onyemata and Big Grady Jarrett is there. And then Jalen Dalton, another former Saint, is coming off the bench. And Eddie Goldman was a guy, that, a good interior defensive lineman that came out of retirement to return to the Atlanta. Cade Nellis is there with Troy Anderson and Walker. Then you can see the rest of their team, the A.J. Uh, Terrell with Jesse Bates and Haywood and all these other guys. So um, you see what the Falcons are doing a good job. So a lot of the movements was done to kind of fortify and give help to Drake London with Matt Collins, big wide receivers. These guys are one with speed. Drake London is also a guy that's going to good, good, be good. So really it hinges on Desmond Ritter. And if Ritter struggles, you know, Taylor Heineke can come in and kind of help him there. So, Kalias Campbell, David Onyemata, you can't, and Caden Ellis to their defense with Jesse Bates definitely helps Atlanta improve a bit. So you can give them credit too. And I know we don't like giving them no damn credit, but at the end of the day, man, they are trying to improve too because that's our guy over there, Terry Fontenot. And, and here go Carolina's style. Andy Dalton's there for right now. You got Matt Golden Corral as the backup quarterback. Miles Sanders there with Chuba Hubbard. You know, Hubbard's a, a heavy runner for the team. Thielen and Schalk go to the head of the lunch line in terms of the receivers and the starters. And Terrence Marshall Jr., one of my favorite LSU wide receivers, Terra, uh, just did not blossom under the, uh, the previous administration. He's a big physical guy that, that uh, you know, based on we'll see if he can get going. LaVista Chenault's another, another guy that they got uh, behind the scenes. Hayden Hurst jumps right to the head of the lunch line with Ian Thomas there. And then, of course, they have some offensive line stuff that you're trying to improve. And then you go look at their defense uh, for what uh, Carolina is doing from a defensive standpoint. And you can see that they added uh, Deshaun Williams from the Broncos. You got Derek Brown next to Shy Tuttle. They have Shy playing as the end. And then you look at Brian Burns, Thompson, Louvu, and they converted their gross mottos from a defensive end to a linebacker. Then you have Dante Jackson, Von Bell added back there with Jeremy Chin, and J.C. Horn should be healthy and ready to compete. And they got this decent backups there too. So they still not done doing anything. And you got to give uh, Carolina some credit, man, because they're trying to improve. And then of course they got the first overall draft pick to fix the quarterback situation. So it'd be Bryce Young or CJ Strode. Either way, 
Carolina is doing a lot better than what they did the last two years. And then, of course, finally, we hit you with the Tampa Bay Suckaneers. At Henson, we're looking forward to the holidays, and that means more time in the kitchen. Now, imagine your trusty kitchen knife had a wobbly handle. You'd be nervous. Well, the same is true in shaving. Most razors on the market today don't support the blades well enough, allowing them to flex and bend. This is a source of razor burn. At Henson, we used our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to solve this problem, supporting the blade so you can use it confidently. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com holiday. Still Standing is a podcast of hope. My name is Allie Patterson, and I am your host. On this podcast, you're going to hear stories from people who have encountered a living God and found help and hope in their real life. No matter what your life is like right now or what you think of God, I hope you hear stories like yours, and I hope you walk away thinking there's hope for me too. Everyone on this podcast would gladly say it's because of Jesus that I am still standing. Come find out why. And the Buccaneers have Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trash. I ain't going to do that. Kyle Trask at the quarterback position. You see Rashad White is supposed to replace uh, what we had. Chase Edmonds comes in to help him out uh, uh, from Leonard Fournette. Mike Evans and Goodwin still there with Russell Gage, former LSU guy, is there. Cade Otten is there because they got rid of, um, uh, what was the guy name? I forgot his name. Used to play for, he, they stole him off our practice squad. Uh, Cameron Breit. There they go, Alain Tristan Wilson, the rest of those guys there. Ryan Jensen. Uh, who's a dirty player in my book. He comes back uh, after injury for them, but nothing really shaking with this team and probably some moves they'll probably be making some way, some shape and form when it comes down to like uh, the draft or perhaps they add gains from the Rams. You see Vita Van Logan Hall right there. And of course the strength of this team was the linebacking core, the defense, well actually the defense. And you see uh, Joe T right there with Devin White, Levante David and Shaq Barrett. These guys are fantastic. Jamal Dean, Winfield is really good, and they still got Carlton Davis. So they got some work to do from a defensive standpoint. But we look at this team, and we can see off top that the problem with this team is going to be offense. It's going to be offense. So you can see Tampa Bay, man, they playing for the draft. They really are. So anyway, let's flash back to this. The grade that they gave. They gave Atlanta a B, and this is PFF. How do you give them a B? I just showed you that. You give Carolina, Carolina, in essence, should have a higher grade than that if you're going to give them a B in the Saints. And they got Tampa Bay, and I just showed you what Tampa Bay do. How do you justify Tampa Bay getting a B and the Saints getting a C and all of the acquisitions I just showed you from Derek Carr to Jamal Williams, all that does is give you a C? You add Derek Carr, Jamal Williams, and several other impactful players, and all you get is a C? Well, you know, we just have to show them. But PFF has been a hater of this team for some while, some time. And even get a C-plus from CBS is still a, a, a disrespect, too, based on all these moves and things. You got to do better than that, man. Anyway, let's move on to the next article. Draft needs for every team. And I'm not going to go all of them. Just my squad, our squad, you dig? We're going to talk about our squad. So we're going to go all the way down here to our team and talk about some of the moves that the Saints need to make to get better. You know, or or what they perceive as moves for the Saints. Well, here we go. All right, so here they go. They said, okay, tight the needs for the Saints. Now is offensive line, wide receiver, and edge. Do you agree with this order? Now, of course, we realize that the that the New Orleans Saints appeased a lot of the the moves when we came out of this thing. We were thinking about, okay, Q, what we need to do 
to get better. What what we need to do? What do we need to add to the team? Uh, we got a quarterback. We got Jameis as the backup, right? Okay, cool. We're going to need somebody, Q, behind Elvin Kamara because he's facing legal issues. True. How about Jamal Williams? Straight. Good. Going to need somebody else. We'll fix it in the draft. Okay, straight. Wide receiver. Mm, going to need some help. Mike, eh, Mike ain't been healthy in a while. Hadn't played a full season for the team in a while. What do we do? Well, we still working that out. But in the meantime, let's give Carr somebody he played with with the Raiders. Mm, let's give him Brian Edwards. 6'3", 220-pound wide receiver who goes across the middle, who makes the difficult catches, fights for the 50-50 balls, come down with most of them, right? True. Not only that, but the guy averages 16 yards per catch. Look it up. That was the biggest stat about Brian Edwards' numbers to me. It's like, damn, in the percentage of catches that he's making, the guy is averaging 16 yards per catch. That's that's pretty good for a guy, and he has some decent speed for a guy his size. You look at the depth chart, there are only two guys as big as those two, Michael Thomas and Brian Edwards. Those are 6'3 guys. The rest of the Saints wide receivers are 6'1 or smaller, you know? So having a big wide receiver like Brian Edwards helps us out. Do we stop there? No, but it's still something. You know, you wanted to give your new quarterback somebody he's familiar with, and you did that. And he plays a position where your star wide receiver, your possession wide receiver, has issues staying on the field. Smart move. Good value. You know, very good value, right? All right, how about the tight end position? Well, we read up with Jawan Johnson, gave him a two-year extension. Cool. We try, We would have had the tight end position solved if Foster Monroe would have passed his physical and that would have been another Raider guy. But he was, we caught cancer on that. Saints saved a man's life. And the Saints have to look in a different direction for another tight end, but they almost had that one too. They'll still be looking to get that together. So at the end of the day, the Saints are making moves in appeasing most of these positional groups. They added backup offensive linemen, right? They restructured Andrews Pete. They could have just said, I'm going to put Pete in the street and keep his money. They restructured Pete, got his money, and then got him together for the year, right? So the Saints have their five starters back from next year, from last year, with Trevor Penning, <laughs> together for the full year. So you'll have the Saints offensive line will have that continuity there. And not only that, one of my favorite moves was the Saints brought in Jari Evans to replace uh, Zach Streif at the offensive assistant position. Absolutely love that because he will help them in many ways, just like Streif did. But Jari is an excellent offensive lineman in his day and a, and a, and a, and a future Hall of Famer. So, with that being said, let's go on the defensive side, shall we? You go on the defensive side, you find out that we did some a lot of things. Thank you, MJ. Shout out to MJ Edwards for hitting that smashing on the subscribe button. Thank you, fam. Appreciate you. Let's go on the defensive side. So, we ended up picking up some talent there. David Onyemata, Shai Tuttle, Kent Street, all them guys are free agents. So, we like, man, that our offense, our interior defensive line sucked last year. Let's improve upon it. What do we do? You bring in Saunders and you bring in Nate Shepard. Now, these guys were 
some people knew about them. They were guys like if you were looking at free agency and you were looking at, man, potential uh, interior defensive linemen to replace who we left, you would have not picked those guys out. And what makes it interesting is the Saints picked them out right after Shai Tuttle and David Onyemata. I mean, just they knew what they were doing. And I got to credit that to, to Jeff Ireland. Jeff Ireland obviously knows these guys. To reach at a Nate Shepard and a Saunders and put these guys together and they're relative that unknowns, relative unknowns to uh, people who don't pay attention. Now, I've heard of both these guys, but I'm not thinking like the Saints going to pick these guys up and make them your starters. You get me? Didn't, didn't see that happen. I thought bigger names. I was thinking perhaps you go and look at uh, Sheldon Rankins, who was a free agent who ended up, he ended up going to the Texans, I think the same day or the next day for $10 million for one year. So the Saints didn't stop there. They just, they knew who they wanted and they went and got these guys. So credit to them on that. So yet to be determined how that will play out with a pairing of Shepard and Saunders in the middle and the Saints will add people in the draft. You best believe it. So we've done a fantastic job in doing just that. And then what's left to look at, in my perspective, they did a wonderful job bringing in Abrams and Lon- Lonnie Johnson Jr. But the Saints issue now moving forward, now they got offensive line up here, the offensive line and wide receiving edge. I wouldn't agree in the order, but in terms of like the edge just has to be it. We still not done interiorly speaking. We still, we brought Malcolm back, but we still need some help in the interior defensive line. No doubt about it. KT, shout out to you. So I would still draft Ika, Bryce Ford, Wheaton, Isaiah Foskey, Zach Pickens, Ronnie Hickman. I love that's the safety from Alabama. He's pretty good. And Hacksaw Max Duggan. <laughs> Max Duggan should go higher, man. You know, he if anybody that is marks on him, we covered him. I did the mock draft and picked Max Duggan in uh one of my I think one of my fifth round picks. I forget what what it was on TSC QA Live. Had a pretty solid mock, man. Cause I keep I get the feeling that hate Hendon Hooker is not going to be there because I'm still I'm starting to see people looking at Hendon Hooker, at him not. And I don't know if he goes in the second round where the Saints would pick him up, but if their quarter if if the Saints like the Drew Brees molds that we drafting quarterbacks based on types, and I'm not trying to put uh, Hacksaw Max Duggan as uh, a Drew Brees acolyte, but listen, let me tell you something: that kid could play. He got a, the biggest heart in the draft. You don't have all the best tools, the big arm and all that, but some kind of way he get he gets them the way he wills them to win. And you can never discount that for, for a guy like that. That's the whole Drew Brees reality is that he's the little guy with the with people said he don't have a big enough arm, and all he did was win when he could. So Edge is obviously the position. KT's thank you for your super chat. Isaiah Foskey is a guy that I think the Saints definitely should pick up. You got a uh, big Ika from Baylor, the dancing bear, depending on, they got a lot of really solid talent there, but absolutely to me, I think the first three picks, two of them, which should be defensive linemen. One should be an end. One should be a defensive tackle. You still need help at the linebacker position. They got wide receiver here. You can get a wide receiver after the fourth, you know, after the third round sometime, maybe in the fourth or fifth, but uh, offensive line that's further down. But they were they were looking at offensive linemen. So the reality is the Saints could do a, mu- a multitude of different things because they're still not done. They still have to go in and 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 handle business in terms of picking up free agents and stuff like that. They still have some money to spend to do this. 
anyway, offensive line, wide receiver, those guys are interesting to see where it goes. But at the end of the day, the Saints have done a wonderful job. We lost three of our defensive starters, the Saints or Adam. Now, the only, the only other position is Carl Granderson. We know it's their pairing Carl Granderson. Like, if you look at the depth chart, and most of the unofficial depth charts across the spectrum have uh, they've flipped on it and they put Granderson in the spot right here. So you can see ESPN did the same thing. See, they put Granderson here before it was passing you over here and Peyton Turner's behind Jordan. Now this is not actually accurate. This is unofficial, but I've known is that Granderson is now getting the opportunity. He slides in that spot opposite of camp. Granderson is more ready than Peyton Turner, in my opinion. And passing you at this stage of his career is not a full-time defensive end. He's more of a rotational guy. So if that is indeed the case, Granderson could very well get an opportunity to start based on what the Saints do in the draft. But you still have to take an end based on Cam's age, right, and the uncertainty of Peyton Turner. You still got to do it because you still got to see what he can do. He might very well get healthy in ball form. We don't know. But you still have a backup plan for the Saints. They still need to get another interior defensive lineman. Hell, two of them, one early and one late, because they're going to be a lot of great ones, solid talent that will be available that the Saints will find. Trust and believe. Linebacker is a position that should be gotten, because if anything happened to Pete Werner or Demario Davis, the Saints are sunk. Seriously. You can't count. You don't know what DeMarco Jackson could bring. You know, he was hurt all last year. And Zach Bowen is your... Uh, your, op- your your third linebacker there. You know, you're going to need some help there. So, I, And I anticipate they'll probably end up doing that. Anyway, let's move on to the next thing here. New Orleans Saints announced new jersey numbers for many of their players. For the family members that don't know, shout out to uh, Saints Wire as they bring in some of the names. And of course, we know Derek Carr got his four. <laughs> Blake Gilligan is now number five for the Saints, for the family members. Quine Baker is 15. Jonathan Abrams got his 24, so that was good. All right, and that was uh, Dwayne Washington's number, wasn't it, 24? Lonnie Johnson Jr. is 28. That's Ingram's old number, right? Jamal Williams is number 30, so he carries off the 30. Uh, Troy Pride Jr. is wearing number 37. Ugo Amadi, the special teams guy, is wearing number 39 for him, as you can see right there. Connolly, the linebacker the Saints picked up, is wearing number 43. Defensive tackle Prince Emily, the practice squad defensive lineman, is wearing number 57, which shouldn't be. 57 should be retired, just like number nine is going to be retired. Drew Brees, Ricky Jackson, number should be retired. Number seven should be retired. Not all of them, but some of the greats. Like all the ones that made the Hall of Fame, numbers should be retired. That's Martin Anderson. That's Sam Mills, number 51. Whoever made the the Hall of Fame, the Pro Hall of Fame, that's in the Hall of Fame, numbers need to be be retired. Ricky Jackson numbers should be retired. You can't wear it anymore. You can wear it during practice or, I mean, training camp or, you know, that. But when it comes down to the actual season, when they count, nobody should be able to wear Ricky Jackson's number or Sam Mills' number or, or Martin Anderson's number or Drew Brees' number. None of that. You know, you make the Hall of Fame, they retire your number. Anyway, uh, Ty Summers. Uh, he's a special teams guy they picked up. He's wearing number 58. Cole Martin, another backup offensive lineman, is wearing number 60. Uh, J- uh, Jabari Zuninga wearing number 69. Practice squad defensive end the Saints picked up. Big Storm Norton picks up seven, uh, picks up number 72. Tight end Mor- Miller Forrestal is wearing number 86. And this one, I seen this guy. I was like, who the hell is this guy? And um, 
So, you know, let's let's see what he about because I, I missed this one here. So, you know, four star. Let's see, I think he did. He was one of the future contract people that they signed. Let me see, let me see if they Yeah, he was. There you go. But people are like, who is Miller Forrestar Q with it? There you go. Tight end from University of Alabama, right? 6'5", 245, originally with the Titans, following the draft out of Alabama, appeared in six games, recorded one special teams tackle as a rookie. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Sometimes during Christmas, something magical happens. Hey, Cricket customers. The Max with Ads plan is included with the Cricket $60 Unlimited plan at no additional cost. And this holiday season, Max is the one to watch when you're feeling festive. Son of a nutcracker. Cozy up to all the holiday classics like Elf, 8-Bit Christmas, and the Harry Potter 8 film collection. Just log in with your Cricket username and password to experience Max on all your favorite devices. Phone plan streams and standard definition programming subject to change. Fees, terms, and restrictions apply. See CricketWireless.com for details. All right, in 54 games for the Crimson Tide from 2016 to 2020, he posted 44 catches for 505 yards with five touchdowns, caught 23 passes for 253 and one touchdown during his red shirt senior season at Clemson. A Crimson, as the Crimson Tide won the 21 College Playoff National Championship. So there you go, Miller Forrestar. And Alex Quavito is the kicker that the Saints brung in uh, right here to give uh, Will Lutz a run for his money because Will Lutz need to return the form. So that's all of the numbers right there. I think I got one more. Tanu got number 92. Passio was wearing number 92 right now. His old number was 90. Nathan Shepard, our new interior defensive lineman. Shepard used to wear 97. He'll be wearing number 93. That's uh, Wayne Martin's old number. And hopefully he can tap into some of Wayne Martin's uh, abilities. And Kaelin Saunders is wearing number 99. Who's the last one to wear number 99, family, for the Saints defensive line? Wasn't that... uh, Big Norman Hand. What was Norman Hand's number? Was it Norman Hand? I think Norman, Norman was 90. I think he was 90. Y'all, y'all remind me. Who was the last guy, good defensive tackle, to wear number 99 for the Saints? Y'all, y'all remind me in the chat. All right, and that's some of the new numbers. Let's move on to the next thing, man, we got right here. It's the Saints, uh, shout out to the Cornell Street Chronicles. Saints meet with All-American offensive lineman Osiris Torrance. And this is another brother, and the Saints doing their due diligence. Shout out to the Saints scouting staff and Jeff Ireland for president. It's another fantastic player uh, that the Saints can get value with. And like I said, if the Saints keep filling moves like what they're doing, they can be freely to be able to move around and do whatever they want to do in the draft. So this is going to be fun watching this happen. All right, so uh, Richardson, you know, see, New Orleans might be in a mix for to draft All-American offensive guard Osiris Torrance. Palacero did that. He said the Florida lineman met with representatives from the Saints on Wednesday night. 
the eve of Florida's pro day, the 6'5", 347-pound prospect reportedly we met with the Rams, Falcons, and had a dinner with the Titans on Wednesday. So the Saints is unclear which members of the Saints staff met with him, but he's predicted to be drafted between the middle of the first and second round of this year's draft. As for the 2023 season, the Saints do not have any immediate need for a guard. However, starting guards Andrews Pete and Cesar Ruiz will be free agents after this season. Saints could be looking ahead. If Torrance is still on the board and other immediate needs are left with slim pickings, Torrance could be a great fit in New Orleans. Bring him home. He's from down here. Bring him home. This would be a great move for the Saints, depending on what we do. But this could be something like if they got him high on their draft boards, and they take an offensive lineman, he'll be like, damn. And then when, if injuries hurt, like if Andrews Pete gets hurt, you'll thank the Lord that they drafted this kid. And he'll step in, and that's the end of Andrews' career with the Saints. You have this guy here for the next 10 years. With Jari Evans helping him develop. Imagine that. The next one, Saints have a private visit and workout with Aiden O'Connell. Now, you know, KT talked about this guy. Saints are looking at Purdue's QB. What QB, what other QB you know come from Purdue? Little old Drew from Purdue, Aiden O'Connell. So New Orleans Saints are getting ready for the 23 draft, and it was reported that the team had a private workout and visit with Mr. Aiden O'Connell. And not only them, but the Saints, the Raiders, uh, Jets, Bengals, Colts, and Bears, and and zoomed in with 10 other teams, taking a look at Mr. O'Connell. Now, he's a QB out of Purdue as a baller maker. He set multiple records, one which was joining Saints legend Drew Brees is the only baller makers to throw for 500 passing yards multiple times in the season. Saints family members might be wondering why the team is looking at QB when they just signed Derek Carr. Most likely the team is just doing his due diligence. They aren't looking to replace Carr anytime soon, but if they like O'Connell, he could be a decent backup option. And we talked about O'Connell, nothing spectacular, but the guy does have some tools that make him intriguing. Interesting. Hollis Thomas, there you go. Thank you, K2. That's who that, yeah, Hollis Thomas. I love Hollis Thomas game, man. Yeah. But this is a part of the, the Saints thing, you know. Hacksaw Max Duggan could be a guy the Saints could look to, too. Well, everybody like Hendon uh, Hooker, but at the end of the day, if he's not there, what you going to do? You know, that's why they're doing their due diligence on these other guys. And I see what else we got. And, of course, tracking the Saints' other 30 prospects out to the wire. And they did do a good job of trying to talk to some of the – this is just a brief recap of some of the prospects the Saints did have connection with in one form or another. Miles Murphy from Clemson, a Jalen Duncan from Maryland, the big offensive tackle. And they picked up uh, – they also had, uh, kind of, you know, talks with K, uh, Carl Brooks from Bowling Green. And these are some of the prospects. Corey Price from Purdue, another Purdue guy. Dwayne McBride from Alabama, Birmingham, strong runner. And that's just a handful, some of the guys that they were able to pick up. And it's a ton of them. And sooner or later, we got to get a complete tracker together to cap, kind of look at all of the ones the Saints were able to look at going forward into the draft. They have several picks. Could be interesting for the Saints moving around. Still a lot of time between here and now for the Saints to make moves and figure it out. Then finally, this is the cap situation for the Black and Gold, 15.7 plus mil for the team currently. Black and Gold sitting with $15 million. So we've reached a part in free agency where a lot of the signings we're going to have will be discounted signings um, for the team. And we can keep making moves, getting young veterans and picking up people to help us, like maybe another veteran defensive uh, tackle to help out with the Saints there. Another may perhaps a veteran linebacker uh, like an Eric Wilson type, maybe a Quan Alexander type 
that can help out. These guys won't cost a lot of money. They'll come with a one-year uh, prove-it deal, you know, something like that. For the Saints, also, Dorian Williams from Tulane, and I, I would love to see them reach at him if he's av- available in the draft. So it's a lot of great movement that's going on, but the Saints continue to improve upon and make things better on themselves by adding people right now through free agency so they don't have to address that during the draft. So, you know, we're going to shine. But anyway, let's go ahead and bounce into it. And we this was the main thing. We started to stream off with this ridiculous grading system uh, that the PFF suckers did when they put out the Falcons, the Panthers, and the Buccaneers ahead of you. They all got Bs, but you, sir, you, madam, have a C if you're a New Orleans Saints person. Just don't get that part of the game. I don't understand that. Anyway, we talked about it. We went over all of the free agent stuff with the NFC South. We covered it at nauseum on the stream. We talked about needs that's coming up for the team that they feel like we have to have. We went over the the changing of the numbers for the team, for a new guys that's added to the team. We also talked about some of the guys the Saints have talking to over the last couple of days. Not bad players the Saints are looking at as well as some of the other guys the Saints have, including we take a look at the Saints' current salary cap situation. So at the end of the day, this is ridiculous. This is a piece of garbage. But what do you expect to happen, man? <laughs> what do you expect to happen, man? They're grading with their eyes closed. They're grading with their eyes closed. All right, shout out to AK, the scientist, man. Much love to y'all, man. Uh, KT says, Q, did you look at Lindsey Scott Jr.? Is that the running back, KT? Isn't Lindsey Scott the running back, man? I think I did, man. I'm working. I'm going to put a list together for the family members, man. Yeah. I think Lindsey Scott's the running back, correct? No, that's the guy. That's the quarterback from, uh, man, let me see if I can look him up right quick. Lindsey Scott's the guy from, uh, where is he from? It's the young, that's the undersized quarterback from, uh, I can't remember where he's from. Hold on. Let me see if I can pull him up some small school in L in, uh, in Louisiana. Hold on here. I, I, I hold on here. Okay. There it is. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Five eleven two twelve. Yeah. Lindsay Scott from, uh, okay. No, the quarterback from Zachary. No, no quarterback. Oh, Incarnate. Yeah, this him. Lindsay Scott jr. Five eleven two twelve from Incarnate word incarnate word. Hold on, let me pull him up here. I got him on screen right here. I'm going to have to look him up, KT. Yeah, man, I've been, oh, wow. Look at this guy. Yeah, yeah, but see, yeah, this this is not bad, man. This is who KT is talking about right here. He's a senior from uh, Incarnate Word, the Cardinals, 5'11", 212. Look at his 2,000. <laughs> Look at them stats, man. That's 20. I'm thinking, hey, man, this is this kid's career numbers. No, this kid, look at his, this is his, this is his numbers for one year. He threw for over 4,600 yards. He has 60 touchdowns to eight interceptions. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. Hey, hold on. Did he beat uh, North Dakota State? 35 to 32. Was that the championship game? No, no, no. That wasn't it. That wasn't the championship game. That was middle of uh of December. Wow. I'm gonna have to take a look at this kid, KT. I'm intrigued. You told me about this dude, but I never I didn't look him up. 
But two twelve is good, good, you know, good weight for him. He's undersized. He's five eleven. But man, if you got a quarterback that's throwing sixty touchdowns in a season, <laughs> uh, let me see what his num what his rushing statistics look like. KT, let me hold on here. Is he a good runner? Okay, no. Let's see. He has seven hundred and twelve yards rushing this past year. He had eleven rushing touchdowns on the ground. Every time he scrambled, he got a first, uh, well, half a first down, 5.4, right? And he went, he was at, was that Nicholas, Nicholson and Nicholas? I mean, not Nicholas. <laughs> was that Nichols? Hold on. He went to, okay, Incarnate Word, and he just blew up. I got to see, this kid averaging a first down every time he threw the ball. So he went from 16 touchdowns the year before to 60 touchdowns. That is insane. His QB rating is 197.4. He's only sacked four times with 453 attempts. His completion percentage is 71%. That is astounding, man. Yeah, I got I got to study this kid, man. I'm going to have to look him up and study him. I'm, I'm intrigued by this, KT. This... <laughs> Oh man, I got I'm intrigued, man. Aren't y'all intrigued by that little dude, man? I got to I'm going to have to look him up, man. 60 touchdowns. Good grief. Yeah, I'm going to have to look him up, KT. But that's what KT do. Shout out to KT, our resident great Saint Think Tank uh draft guy, man, the prospect guy. KT finds them those guys like this kid. Yeah, from yeah, that that yeah, shout out to KT, man. <laughs> All right, so anyway, with that being said, man, I'm about to get on on out of that. Listen, I appreciate you guys for tuning in on this episode. Yeah, I knew I know the Saints met with him. I seen that, KT. They better meet with him. Anytime you got a guy that's in Louisiana that's that threw 60 touchdowns against eight interceptions, man, you better go meet with him and and take him and go get some etouffee and you know what I'm saying, Mickey, you give him some clam chowder, whatever you got. Go talk to him. But anyway, with that being said, we're going to get out on that. Do me a service, fam. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Shout out to the family members, MJ uh, Edwards, for smashing the subscribe button. The family members tuning in from Facebook. Uh, Shout out to the Reddit family, the Twitter family. Shout out to all y'all. Y'all hit the like button for me. Subscribe. And feel free to share the show on your social media feed. We'll be back later on uh, tonight on our Pelican post-game report stream. Pelicans play tonight against the Denver Nuggets. Last game on the road, a very important game after Pels dropped that one against Golden State. We'll have the live Pels scoreboard on the Pelican Post Game Report. So if you're a Pelican person, hop on over to the Pelican Post Game Report. Subscribe over there. We'll have the live scoreboard broadcast. And then after that, we'll have the recap to the game. So hopefully our Pelicans, our Pelicans can beat the Denver Nuggets. We need to get this dub we see they pushing to get the Lakers in there. They're trying to do everything they can to get Luka Dantage in there. But these people are amazing. So we got to watch out for the calls. We got to play some defense. We can't throw the ball away. We got we to gotta lock in and handle the business. We got to play from, from, the tip, from the starting tip to the end whistle. We got to give them all we got. We got to get these games. I think we got like six games left, family, before the NBA regular season is over with. So, man, let me tell you. Anyway, with that being said, I'm going to get out on that. I appreciate the family for chiming in. I'm going to holler at y'all on the next stream. Much love to the fam and who that.
like Benson, I'm a who that. I'm a who that. Long as I'm living, I'm a who that. Lose or winning, I'm a who that. Sports coma, yeah, this is where we do that. 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 Boogie like Benson, I'm a who that. I'm a who that. Sports coma, this is where we do that. Where we do that. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Somebody please better help. Running this thing like Elf. Thank God every day I'm not a felt. Go to YouTube live with Big Q and the guys. If you ain't ride or die, the bandwagon get flipped. Been marching in, that was way for the ring. I was yelling out your shame for the championship. Fucking on town, duck down. Falcons, pluck, get shut down. Panthers ain't much touchdown. The vision really belong to us now. So much hate on the Saints, you could probably tell. Ever since Bounty Gate hit the NFL, when things seem fishy, then you probably smell. The crooked referees are Roger Goodell. Yeah. like this, and I'm a who that. Every day I'm living, I'm a who that. Lose or winning, I'm a who that. It's the sports coma, this is where we do that. Where we do that, eh. Where we do that, eh. Where we do that, where we do that, where we do that, eh. Boogie like this, and I'm a who that. It's the sports coma, this is where we do that. We do that. You're listening to the sports coma. It's Big Q and the guys on the PRO Media Network. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes. Ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.